morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 8th, 2020. This is the Rust Belt Blues Podcast. I am your host, Jay Croydon. Uh, coming at you here from the western part of the state of New York, a city called Rochester. So, sunny, snowy but sunny outside. It uh, did snow last night, I guess. Woke up this morning to find that out and uh, had to brush the car off for my girlfriend Kay this morning of the snow and warm it up a little earlier than usual, but uh, everything seemed, uh, everything turned out alright, not too much snow, used to that kind of thing from where I'm at. So, uh, what is going on? A lot's going on in the world. Shit got a little crazy last night, I was sitting on the couch, it was around 40 to 7, missiles started flying in the Middle East, it got a little hectic. Don't know what's going on with that right now. Nothing's going on with that, thankfully. Um, that's that's crazy, uh, but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about all that. I'm sure, plenty of people will be talking about that today. At some point, I'm sure it'll come up in one of my many discussions. But you know I'm not gonna address the the crazy craziness that is currently. Uh, going on, so I'm, I'm, uh, it's a little, it's early, I, I had a shitty podcast yesterday, so I'm hoping for a better one, uh, today, I'm in a much better mood, uh, you know, I've been in punk since Christmas, uh, but I was able to smoke a little weed, honestly, smoke a little weed, get in a better headspace, and, uh, today we're hoping for a better podcast, so, got my coffee, got my water, I do not have, like, no pot, no topic, uh, like, st- lightning struck me, so I'm going to have to dig into my list here, and, uh, and, uh, find a topic, you know what, that one, that one strikes me, strikes me right there, I just randomly saw, so apparently today's topic will be, uh, my personal experience with, uh, with the Open Door Mission here, uh, in Rochester, down there on West Main Street, uh, a lot of times, people, you'll notice their commercials pop up every now and then, and then around Christmas, uh, there's a lot more commercial going on. So that'll be the topic today, randomly picked from the pile of topics I have here. Uh, so, uh, sit, settle down, sit, sit in, <laughs> whatever you do before you start to listen, and, uh, and that's, that's where we're going to go with, apparently, I don't know why, there's no personal reason. I just went with it, I saw it, and it interested me, so that is the topic today, so meet back here, uh, as you know, you don't take breaks, but I take breaks in between uh, the recording real quick, so today I'll be a quick break, but we'll meet right back here in a few minutes, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll go into my personal experience in, uh, with the Open Door Mission here in, in, in Rochester, New York. Thank you for joining me back here uh, on the couch in the living room. Uh, not in the closet anymore. I used to record in the closet for those of you uh, who haven't been listening for a while. Uh, yeah, I used to record in the closet, better audio. I had microphone issues. Now I have a better microphone 
and I'm back to the living room because I actually started in the living room. Oh, there's the cat. The cat will be meowing today because she is a meowy. I think she's in heat. Not sure. She's very vocal today. So little little Juniper there will probably be making her opinions known, I guess. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with her. Don't think anything negative's going on. Pretty sure she's just, uh, as Jessica Day from New Girl would say, got the dirty twirls. So pardon while I take a sip of my coffee. Ah, yes. I uh, left it on the burner a little too long, so it's got that nice, nice little almost, a little tadly burnt taste. Uh, almost going crappy. I got, I got the drip machine, so it's it's nice, but you know, after you got to turn that thing off after, after about three hours, otherwise the coffee will burn. And that's what happened today. I got uh, distracted. Uh, what happened was actually I got up earlier than normal. I had to uh, make lunch. I had to make Kay's lunch today, uh, this morning. I didn't want to do it last night, so I just woke up earlier this morning, which was also a good thing because it had snowed, and I was not aware that it was going to snow last night. So uh, that allowed me time, to, plenty of time to warm the car up and everything and uh, get the snow off. And I turn it around because the driveway is kind of tight, so it's easier to uh, just hop in and, and take off. But, uh, yes... So I made the coffee a little earlier than normal, but it turned out good. It was a, a new blend. Don't mind me. I love my coffee. That's why I go on little coffee tangents. But uh, I haven't had. I don't think I've had this one before. Uh, Kay had to go to Wegmans last night, so uh, uh, I got I got a little tin of uh, Wegmans something, something roast, medium roast. I don't know. A rabbit. It's a Arabica. I don't know. Medium roast blend. I don't know. Whatever. It's a good coffee to throw in the uh, in the drip machine because uh, a lot of my other coffees are m much better in the French press and kind of wasting them in the drip machine. So I got some good drip coffee. I got it going here. Got a topic. I don't know why this topic le leapt out of me. It leapt out of me from the page of the paper. So that's why I decided to choose it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to, uh, you know, spend 20 minutes trying to think of something uh, and lose my mojo here. So uh, I picked the topic of the, my personal experience with the Open Door Mission. So I was homeless for, oh, actually, uh, if the technical definition, right? I don't know. Well, it depends what your definition of homeless is. But I, I lived outside for, for eight years. So uh, I ended up running into the Open Door Mission... Uh, it ended up being what, maybe a month or so. I don't know. Uh, but I never wanted to go. So, uh, you know, I was I grew up in the suburbs, so I didn't really know anything about the Open Door Mission when, when I was younger, growing up. Anyway, so I, I uh, the day I became homeless, you know, the, the dude said I could go to the Open Door Mission, but I should just rather, you know, I I, I should just sleep on a park bench. So uh, you know, uh, and then. You know, I ended up going there a few years after I'd been homeless because I, uh, my buddy had talked me into it. But so, but I by then I had, I had heard a lot about it and I I know, or, you know I know what it's about and I'm not really about that. I I never went there uh, for dinner up until that time. I don't believe I just wanted nothing to do with the place because you know uh, the people I would listen to talk about it. It just didn't seem like the place I wanted to be a part of. But so I met this dude, his name was Greg, uh, 
It's when I was sleeping at uh, Liberty Pole. Uh, back when they had the, the benches. They took the benches out for a while, but... So... Uh, I don't know. Imagine he randomly showed up one night. He's actually the one back before. This was a while. So, uh, when Occupy came to Rochester, you know, like the Wall Street Occupy Wall Street anti-capitalist protests, or no, that yeah, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. When Occupy came to Rochester, they went to a park called Washington Square Park. And then after that, everyone started hanging out at Washington Square Park. Me and this guy Greg started like staying at Washington Square Park. Way before even Occupy uh, stayed there, and it was uh, like we say, it was creepy. It was, it was, uh, and it's funny because you're in the middle of downtown uh, Rochester. It's a city, you know, popular, populated city. I don't want to say popular, but it's populated. And like, it, no, it was. It, you got you got Main Street, you know, half a block away. The the highway comes right by this place. And, like, you know, at the certain time, and a few hours, you know, it was just crazy overnight. Like, it was just that, that empty down, downtown. Uh, you know, nowadays it's not, it's still empty, but it's not as empty. Like, you know, back in, like, 2010, this, I don't even, this must have been, like, 2011, maybe? I don't even, when did the, I, I don't remember years. It's hard for me to remember years. Uh, uh, you know, so I got to really think hard about w- when things happen. Uh, you know, so I remember in, in, oh, this must have been like 2010, uh, so yeah, so, uh, I'm sorry, the cat's really meowing, uh, quite loudly, but I have to keep pressing on, there's nothing I can do, so, uh, yeah, it must have been like 2010, but so, this was before, like, they started trying to revitalize the city, and all that other stuff, uh, and uh, you know downtown was a different place back then. It was and and this park was so you know it was so desolate. It, it was it was kind of scary, and there were crows everywhere. They actually pay lots of money to get, keep keep those crows out of there now. They have like people come down with lasers and and like fireworks to scare them off and get, basically traumatize the crows at this location so they don't want to come back. Sorry, that was a coffee break. But so yeah, that's that was back in the in the absolutely desolate downtown days. It was and, and I'm getting way the fuck off topic, but th- those days were cool. Uh, you know, I got to see a lot of fucking cool shit because nobody was nobody was there. So and then they started doing the construction, so I got to see uh, uh, the sky bridges get taken down. You know, that's a topic for a whole nother day, I guess, because uh, you know I could go off on a whole tangent about everything I I saw. You know, happening overnight in the city back before they, uh, quote-unquote, revitalized the downtown area. But so this was, that was like the, the, what was going on around then. So, so uh, Greg and I would stay in the parking, parking, or not, not the parking lot, but we would stay at the park. Uh, but then we'd, we'd always leave at like four in the morning because it would just be too, too strange with the crows everywhere and no, not a soul around. And, uh, you know, it was just very, very strange. So we'd hop over like a block to Main Street back to Liberty Pole there. Uh, I don't know why. It was just, and nobody was over there either, but cars would drive by is, was, was the difference, I guess, because, uh, you know, people tra- transited Main Street overnight at the, those hours, but people weren't going uh, past the park or, or anything. 
But so, uh, well, I remember one day Greg was like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm at this place, and he's explain, he's uh, describing it to me. And, oh, it's nice, you know, it's got beds, wow, you know, they're nice, warm, and, and you can take a shower. And then, then at the end, he springs on, she springs it on me, they just talk about the open door mission, and, uh, you know, I don't remember how, because it's been so long, but he ended up talking me into, um, into staying there. Uh, so I said, you know, I said I'll give it a night, but I, so I had, you know, I ended up staying there a month, but it was just, uh, you know, I don't know what to, to say about, I don't know, but so, uh, what I can explain is, is my experience there and that's it, but so, uh, I don't, you have to like sit down, I remember, I, remember I had to like sit down and explain, you know, what was going on, uh, and they wanted me to go to DSS. They they harangued me. I didn't want to be on DSS. I had been kicked off of DSS and, and everything, and uh, that's why I had ended up, up homeless. And you know, it was just I wasn't trying to deal with no DSS bullshit. Uh, DSS for people who don't know is uh, stands for Department of Social Services, uh, AKA welfare. Uh, people uh, associate. That's where you get your food stamps at. They also to have a house, you know, a, a rental or housing, housing covering. Sorry, the cat's really just fucking up in my face. But so they cover your housing on a different program. But I haven't been sanctioned from both of those, uh, and that's how I ended up homeless. That's I have to get into that story at some point. But so that I didn't really after that I never really fucked with DSS. Uh, I did later on for just for the food stamps, but um. So I didn't want to go to DSS, so they want. Back then, it was it was it was kind of like a, I don't know. It was kind of like the wild wild west over there. Uh, so for people that don't know, Open Door Mission is like a Christian organization that. Uh, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to get into claims or anything. But so on the commercials on the TV, they'll tell you they help people uh, that are homeless with drug problems get their life back together, and uh, figure everything out. So that's what the commercials say. And they run a program uh, located, there's two, well, they have two locations, uh, well, I think three now. I think they uh, just added, like, a women and children's shelter. That's why I'm just saying this is my experience, and I'm trying to add years to it, because uh, just in case, you know, try, someone tries to say uh, it, I'm incorrect, uh, this is only my experience, and this was uh, a while ago. So... Because that's all I can talk about, uh, 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 you know, uh, without it being like hearsay or whatever, or you know, libel or whatever the fuck, slander. I'm not, I don't want to be slanderous to an organization, so um, I can only talk about my own personal experience with in and around this organization. So they have two. They have two locations, possibly three now. But back when I uh, was there, they had two locations. Uh, they had one location on West Main Street. And then they had another location on South Plymouth Avenue, which is like a hop, skip, and a jump around the corner, uh, as they say for Lollipop Farm there. So uh, at the South Plymouth location is like the headquarters, and that's where they have the, the their their drug rehabilitation program, which is a year long commitment. More on that later. Um, and then at the West Main Street location, they have their soup kitchen. It's a multi-floored uh, building. So on, on the first floor, when you walk in, uh, you, you go down a hallway because directly to your right 
is uh, a, short, a short entryway into the kitchen and the stairway. So you'd go through, uh, and there's a stairwell and then an entryway in the kitchen. But uh, I don't know about it now because I have not been in there in a very long time. But back when I was there, again, it uh, there was a like a scissor kind of gate that was always that was locked until uh, until not 9 p.m. when you went upstairs. Uh, so, you know, they had the big location downstairs with the kitchen and then a big kind of dining area. Uh, they had a TV and then they had a little um, raised kind of stage area with a pulpit and, a, you know, a big crucifix on the wall behind it. And then uh, there was a downstairs at the time. There was a downstairs. They remodeled it. At, uh, they have remodeled it since since my time staying there. But so back then you went downstairs and there was a bathroom. Uh, and then there was another bathroom down the hallway to the door out back, which was the smoking area, which was fenced in and um, led to an alley and some lofts and uh, some uh, industrial buildings that were half, you know, seven-eighths empty, you know, standard Rochester fair. And... Uh, then upstairs, they had a, a second floor, and that was where the the sleeping area was located with uh, bunk beds, uh, and there was a bathroom with a shower, three, two shower stalls, and uh, then the sink and counter area, and then the you know the stalls and the urinals, and then there was a laundry area um, to the right of the bathroom. You weren't allowed to like do your personal laundry there. That was for uh, sheets and, and bedding and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was the layout. So I never, I never entered the, the drug program. Uh, so I, I've never been to the South Plymouth location, South Plymouth Avenue location. My experience was strictly with, uh, the West Main Street location. Uh, and again, it was, they have, they have changed at least the building since then. I know, I, I think some of the personnel has changed. Also, Actually, I know some of the personnel has changed uh, since then. But so, uh, you know, Greg talked me into uh, going to the open door and whatever. It had been, in, you know, I'd been sleeping outside for a stretch, so I figured I could use a break. Uh, so I, I figured, you know, I didn't really mind it. You, and uh, I figured I'd let it, you know, I'd ride it out as long as I could. So what happened when it was, I would have to be there by like, uh, I want to say uh, 5.30. So if you, uh, if you need a bed, they, they have uh, 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 X number of beds, right? So I think it's like 40, 40 bed slots or something like that. So you have to, if you, you have to come in uh, by 5.30 because uh, when you walked in, you got a number. And then... Uh, they, you you line up at five thirty and uh, you know they they'd uh, sign you in, and if you if they had more uh, people than than beds you you better at that time you better hope. Uh, it wasn't winter time when I went there, when I stayed there, so it was kind of like late summer early fall, so uh, you know if if the, if you were oh late if they they ran out of room it was just you know tough shit. They would try and call DSS to get you housed for like the night, 
but again, I, I didn't, I didn't fuck with DSS, but so you had to be there at 5.30, by 5.30, they opened the doors at 4 p.m., uh, they do, they did donuts and coffee, I, th- I think they still do this, sorry, if you hear a lot of noise, it's an extreme ca- uh, cat wrestling at, at the moment, the ECW is going on, uh, under the Christmas tree, so, what would happen is you you'd get there. Uh, though they open the door at four p.m. Uh, they serve coffee and donuts at four thirty. So I would personally show up at like four. You know, you mind you, I have nothing to do. I'm homeless. I don't do shit all day. So uh, I'd stroll in around four thirty uh, for coffee. You know, to get us or no four to get a seat set set up for like coffee and donuts. And honestly, to be seen, so they know like I, I'm here. So when lineup time comes, you know. Give me a bed, basically. I need it. So, um, I, uh, because a lot of people, I'll get into that late in a moment, you know, down the, this podcast. But a lot of people, you know, fucked up, like, checks and shit. Uh, any, but, you know, I le- legit live outside, and I don't, I have no, like, source of income. So, get there at, at four, line up, you know, coffee served, at, coffee and donuts at four, or pastries, I guess, uh, at 4.30. And it was nice because I loved I love coffee always have and they serve some good good jet fuel there, as we call it. And uh, then, that you know they turn the TV on and stuff, but then uh, you know nothing happens really to like uh, dinner start starts starts at six thirty. And then you have, you get called at like five thirty. You have to be there by five thirty, when you get called. So you have to just sit there, sit there, and like talk to people anyway. So, talk to people, do nothing sometimes, uh, and this is where you know good boredom management comes, comes into play in in life. And I and I say that a lot because a lot of people don't really understand, and we're never never taught anything. But but uh, boredom management is an important skill to have in life. Uh, how to manage yourself. When you find yourself in completely boring situations, and not everyone needs it, you know, not everyone's going to find themselves in in, in situations uh, like that. But you know, a lot of times, even corporate, you know, uh, the other day, uh, uh, someone I know was telling me, you know, they work a desk job, but there's no work for them, so they they they're you know they hate it because they're that bored, because there's nothing to do that you know you can only do you know listen to so much music, you can only do so much to occupy try and occupy yourself. Uh, and, and you have to, boredom management is a very important, you know, thing to to know. But so, you know, I'd sit there, I'd sit there and I'd talk to people and, you know, I, I really fell in with this guy and his name was, uh, oh fuck. I can't, he was a Palestinian guy. Oh God. I can't even think of his name. I, I, oh man, why, why is that happening right now? But so he was, it was a little skinny Palestinian guy. He, he was hilarious. He was, uh, obnoxious and and he like he loved to smoke crack and and you know trick trick out trick trick himself for crack money and stuff like that he was just a wild guy i don't know but he seemed all right like you just you know because you got to fall in with someone who's like not going to steal your shit right because like these places are rife with with i don't know but but you know uh, my whole experience you know places like like the open door including the open door you know your shit's going to get stolen in fact when i stayed there that time all my uh like this is why i didn't have uh, a, a wallet, because my wallet had gotten stolen. Thankfully, I had, uh, like, the important shit on me. But uh, my wallet had gotten gotten trashed. 
or, or, or taken, not trash, sorry. But so, you know, and it's just that's par for the course, you know. If you have something nice and, and they or anything someone else wants, you know, like uh, say you got a little smartphone you play games on or something because, yeah, they have Wi-Fi there or whatever, so, you know, and people are come in with phones and people that stay have phones. You know, people show up in all sorts of different situations at, at, the, at the open door. So you never, you know, people. Sometimes people just got kicked out of of an apartment or something, and, and you know they have stuff. They have a job. They, have, they just don't have a place to go. So DSS will send them to the open door. Uh, you know, there's other places like for the Francis Center. That uh, that's a whole other t- topic. Let me write that down. Francis Center. But uh, so it's places like that. You know, emergency housing places. Where, where you know a lot of a lot of times your shit is gonna get stolen. It's like you know the house the house of mercy. This is the running joke is, you, you go there if you want all your shit to get stolen. If you're if you you know if you're not from around being home homeless and and are not don't know these places and stuff, you're gonna end up getting taken advantage of and end up with having nothing. I've seen it happen so many times. But so you know, uh, Eunice didn't, or not Eunice. Eunice was the Turkish guy. Why can't I think of this guy's name? That's gonna drive me nuts. But I'm trying not not to let it. But so he and I would, um, you know, hang out when we were there and talk, cause you know there's nothing else to do. Uh, you you can't leave uh, if you you know, leave lose your spot, and and you know you uh, if you want your spot, you got to stay there basically, and and just do hang out. Uh, you know, we went out back and in the smoking section, you know, every, you know, there was a dude, Eddie, uh, you know, he'd, he'd show up with a construction worker guy, he'd show up with, uh, weed, uh, but he'd show up at like five, five, like 25. So we'd have to like wait to check in. And, and then after we lined up and checked in and shit, we'd, uh, go, we'd go out back and, and smoke weed and, and, and chat and smoke cigarettes uh, if someone had a bottle, we'd drink drink a little and, and just hang out because dinner wasn't until 6.30. And after, if you left after 5.30 and you, you had a spot for a bed, you forfeited your spot. And you, so, like, you can't go out the front door and leave and, stay, and expect to come back in and stay. But so uh, dinner was at 6.30. So, you know, and, and anybody could come to dinner. So you could, you know, anybody from the street. You didn't. You didn't have to. St- uh, have you? If you stayed, it, I don't even know how to explain this. So if you ate dinner there, you didn't have to stay. So you know, di- different people came in for dinner. There was like di- you know a dinner crowd, and then there was the I stay here crowd. Uh, there was a lot of like you know re- returning suspects and stuff like that, and a lot of uh, you know due. I feel like due to its location, but a lot of the. Uh, you know, low, lower end end of the poverty scale, I guess. A lot of the crackheads and whores and stuff like that uh, would be there. Uh, you know, and then you had the people. It was it was a weird eclectic mix because you had the people at dinner time because you had you know the crack crack hoes that just walked down from from Broad Street and or Lyle or whatever you know for a quick quick meal or something. But then you had the dude that, uh, and it's funny because you'd have, and then you'd have the white guy, you know, whose wife uh, or kicked him out, or he who lost his job because he's an alcoholic, or whatever. And, and, you know, it was just such a such a dichotomy, I guess. Uh, to you know, so many different worlds colliding in one location. Uh, it, it was interesting, you know. It, um, 
But so at 6.30, dinner would be served, and then at 7, like, people would start to leave. But you don't really go upstairs till 9 o'clock. So from, like, you know, from 7 to, like, 7.30-ish, you clean up uh, and, and from dinner. So you put tables and chairs away. But then after, and you're allowed to smoke a cigarette real quick. But after that, uh, you know, it was time for the preaching. <laughs> because, you know, this is a... Uh, I want to say it's an evangelical Christian organization. It's definitely, you know, super, super Christian. So, you know, you'd sit there and different organizations would come, uh, people. Some, I remember one time, like, a, a Christian blues band came in. Uh, you know, different preachers would come in, different, uh, organ, like, choirs. So, like, you know, it wasn't the same person. Sometimes the, the, uh, the senior worker would, ha- would talk. You know, it wasn't like, you know, just one person every day, you know, like there wasn't one specific person, like a, like a church organization, but a lot of church organizations came in. Sorry, water break. Um, so after dinner, you'd have to like sit there and listen and you weren't, you know, they, yeah, don't, don't, you can't let lay your head on somebody. You can't have your head go down or anything. You know, it's just, I don't know. Uh... And you had to do it, or you couldn't stay. And they, they, it's funny because they had used to do it. They used to do that before dinner. And the old rule was you couldn't. The first time I ever went there with uh, this kid Josh Helzone, uh, we 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 had to stay, sit through that bullshit before we even ate. But then they had some court ruling that said, you know, you can you can't do that. You have to yeah, and you can do it after dinner though. So, yeah, uh, there wasn't, like, an opt-out or anything, and, you know, they kind of made sure you weren't on a phone. Or... I used to try and read a book. I used to get away with it a lot. Um, but so you'd sit through there, and then you'd go upstairs. Or, well, you'd line up is what you would do. <laughs> and uh, you'd go upstairs, and uh, they, you'd, they'd check you in your name. Uh, they run you in the system to make sure you were allowed to like stay there. They hadn't told you to get lost or you were had a, on suspension or something. Uh, and then you know they'd ask if you needed a towel. They'd hand you a towel, soap if you wanted it, toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, you know hygiene products. And then you'd go upstairs, uh, find a a bed, uh, and or no you no you were assigned a bed. Sorry, uh, you'd find your bed. And then uh, you would shower if you if you wanted back then. Now nowadays it's a little different. Uh, more on that later. But so you know, if you wanted to shower, there was a there was only two of them. But you know, there was a shower available, so people would start to line up uh, the shower because it's it's lights out at, a little, at like ten thirty. I think it was it was it was it was either like ten or ten thirty. Uh, so, you know, you, had, you didn't have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, if you wanted to shower and there was a long line, you better, ha- you know, start standing in line because, um, so what would happen is, you the you know, based on your number, you'd get called up. So if you show up late, you're going to get called late. So you're going to get a bunk that's, uh, you know, you're going to get up there later. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to shower, the line's going to be longer, so you're going to have to dump your shit real quick. Cause you have to get your linens too when you you get upstairs and you, and there'd be someone up there and they'd hand you some linen for your bed and uh, and your pillow 
and uh, you'd have to like make up your bed real quick and, and, and figure out where your stuff was going and then figure out uh, how your shit's not going to disappear while you're in the shower, uh, you know, get, get to the shower, uh, get in the shower without getting in a, in a you know, argument, fight, altercation, uh, voice raised incident, shower without getting in an altercation or <laughs> you know, any of the same thing. I remember one time I, I, somebody was talking shit to me while I was in the shower. We, we shouting back and forth while I'm washing myself. But so, you know, it was a uh, interesting, you know, uh, you know, you had, you know, it was interesting. So, and then you, you know, you'd go relax. So then they turn the lights off and, and, you know, and they'd come back and wake you up at like 6 a.m. The lights would go back on. Uh, you'd have to be downstairs by uh, 6.30. Uh, so you'd have to strip your sheets off and dump them into the laundry area. Uh, at 6.30, they there was like a breakfast option. And then uh, you could hang out for a little bit. But by 8, 8 a.m., uh, everyone had to be out of the building. Uh, and uh, the doors would reopen at 4 p.m. Uh, so I know a couple times I got to stay until like 11 because uh, I could talk uh, White Kenny there into let, letting me do the laundry, uh, which was nice because I would just hang out upstairs. There was a laundry room with like, and I like to do laundry, so I don't give a shit. So there was like three washers, like three dryers, and because, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of laundry. Uh, because every 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 single mattress got a new sheet and pillowcase every night, uh, times you know a decent number of beds there or bunk beds. So you know you had to you know there was a, sh a shit ton of laundry, and then I think there was blankets uh, too if you wanted one. You know so anyway there's pile there's pi like two big piles of laundry would be up there, and you know a lot of times they'd ask someone, I'm in. Ayman was his name. I was about to, <laughs> I just remembered that the Palestinian guy friend's name, Ayman. And then Ayman's the one who taught me um, the hustle of talking white Kenny and letting you do laundry. And then if you did the laundry, you could wash your own laundry because, uh, you know, the only other place to do laundry would be St. Joe's. And, you know, it's like fucking a gladiator match to get on the laundry list there or, or get into the laundry and and then the, you know the other place you can do laundry two days a week is asbury but you know it's it's hard to on certain days to get into asbury laundry so sometimes it's it's very hard to get your laundry done so you know sometimes i'd have and you only have like for me personally i only had two outfits what i was wearing and and one in, in my bag so you know uh after a while i have to wash something so I, I was, you know, every now and then I'd talk. I'd stayed there for a month, so, you know, I, it was only like two times, two or three times, but I, I would talk Kenny, White Kenny, into let me uh, do the laundry. And he'd, I'd stay up there and just listen to the radio, turn on uh, the morning show I listened to, Brother Wheeze, and, uh, and do laundry and just hang out. And, you know, sometimes I'd read a book. Uh, catch a catch a couple extra Z's, you know, because I was upstairs and everything else was going on downstairs. That's where all like the the business took took place. Uh, I remember, I, I, but the last time I did it, uh, some volunteer was like all seriously butt hurt because that was his his day to do his, his laundry duty, his volunteer laundry duty. And who am I to t you know basically take his laundry anyway? So they kicked me out so that dude could do the laundry. It was so I, I didn't do it again I, after that I I thought that was like kind of shitty a shitty thing to do you know I don't really have any place to go I'm homeless I stay here and I'm trying to do laundry but this volunteer came in and because he wants to do laundry get the fuck out 
Because that was the only way I could be be there at that time was if I was doing laundry. So I would have, because on third, a lot of times I try to do it on a lot of times, but the times I, I tried to do it on a Thursday because on Thursday the library opens late, so uh, it, they open a few hours later. So you know it's kind of hard unless you want to walk somewhere, and if you're trying to stay around downtown, there's not really much to do. Uh, on Thursday mornings, because the library doesn't open till um, 11 a.m. instead of 9. So, you know, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you, when there's not many places to go and you have nowhere to go, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, so, you know, um, the, I don't even know. The food, the food was all right. Uh, the dude that cooked it, it's funny because I, I, I knew his father from the soup kitchens, uh, Sammy Jr. there. Uh, was the chef, the head cook there, and he would try his hardest, and I remember I'd help him out, you know, uh, sometimes in the kitchen, and it wasn't just me, you know, sometimes, he, they, you know, they need help serving uh, dinner, because, you know, you'd come in, and, and there was a bunch of tables, and at a certain time, they'd tell you to find a chair, and it'd be like a mad scramble to the dinner table, and, and you're hopefully you're not sitting next to some asshole, uh, you know, so you, you, it's funny cause you'd stay, you'd be plotting it and you, and you'd stand in strategic locations cause they do a little like announcement, you know, they get everyone's attention do a short little announcement and then tell everyone to find a place to sit. So it was, uh, you know, and, and then, and then it's like, uh, it's like that scene in the movies when they settle the West, you know, all the, all the wagons go off at once in the, in the direction cause they got to claim their land by, and put their stakes in the land and everyone's trying to get there to the same place at the same time. So it would be kind of like that. But so, you know, Iman and me would plot uh, where we we're going to sit, who we we're going to sit with, and all that other shit. So uh, we, we would, and then, and then they would serve you uh, dinner and dessert or, uh, you know, sweets, something sweet after dinner. Uh, so you never really got up uh, and a drink they'd serve you, but you, don't, you can't drink it too fast. Don't fuck up and drink that drink immediately, if you, even if you're thirsty. And you better have brought a water bottle because that's all you're going to get. And getting up's a pain in the ass because there's a bunch of ta- cha- uh, chairs like back to back, stacked up tables. It's a pain in the ass to get out. So once you sit down, you're sitting, you, like, the best thing to do is just stay in, stay in the seat. So make sure you went to the bathroom. Make sure if you're thirsty that day because you got high out back, you got water bottle, you know, all that kind of shit. Know where you're going to stand, uh, you know, and, and who you're, plan who you're going to sit with. If you're a regular, you have a crew, you know, the crew you sit with and you try to get to the table and not have, you know, any straggler outsiders at your table, the people who don't stay there. Uh, and then you sit down and, and then you get uh, served your drink. If they, got, if they have a salad, they'll serve you a salad. Then then the, uh, the meal comes out, then dessert comes out. But oh, and so then another thing that goes into where you sit is... So they, the, the kitchen comes out, and they start at the furthest table and work their way back. So if you sit at the, 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 the table closest to the kitchen, you're getting your food last. So, and then if they give out seconds, you're at a disadvantage because you, you're behind uh, on your speed of eating, and your location leaves you vulnerable to the line taking over and you ending up you know, 50 people back for seconds. There's a whole strategy to eating at soup kitchens. That's something else I should explain, right? People don't really know that. Write that down. Soup kitchens. Can't even read my writing. But so there's a whole strategy of how you can, how to eat at soup kitchens. Uh, 
<coughs> so, uh, you know, everyone would go, I'd go for like a table uh, close to the, the back, uh, but not all the way back because, you know, those were highly competitive spots. If the, if the situation arose and I was able to, to put myself in, in, a, in a spot where it would easily, I could get to it easily, I would sit in the way back. But we, uh, I usually, I'm in a, and everyone and I would usually suit for like a table m- middle, uh, middle to back, back middle, I guess you could call it. And, uh, and because then it, for seconds, uh, if they have seconds, they'll they'll call it after they serve everybody and and uh, you know any stragglers that come in and ask for a plate. So then everyone, it's like a mad scramble to line up. And then you want you know there's only a certain a limit. There's a limited number of seconds, so you got to get there. If you if you if you're if you're staying there too, especially because you're not eating till till the next morning, and and who knows how you how much you ate all day, and they don't they don't give you a lot, you know they don't they don't they don't like you know I don't, I want to say they starve you you know because it's something but it's sustenance, but it's not like you're full after one one open door mission plate but and and you shouldn't be you know I'm not saying you should be, but so. If you wanted seconds, if they had it, you know, you you'd have to scurry up there and get in line, and then get your seconds. Uh, and then uh, people, the people who didn't stay there left would leave, and the pe- people who stay there would go out back and smoke. You know, uh, we go out back and, and wait for the people to leave, and then they come back and call us. You had like half an hour, and you know, a little bit of cleaning had gotten done. We had a, 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 a Joe. Uh, helped helped clean up after he didn't talk he didn't talk at all i guess he was uh he was a vietnam veteran he was a, he was a tunnel rat you know? so he went down in like uh tunnels to clear him out of uh of enemy fighters uh and that was, that's some serious business right there so joe never talked to anybody but joe cleans cleaned so you know, you wipe down the tables um and if if joe wasn't there cuz sometimes joe wouldn't show up you know, uh, you know, they get a couple of people to to do it, who stayed there. So the tables will get cleaned, the chairs will get pushed in, and you go. Uh, but so the the premise and the, and the the premise is is good, I guess. It's the people, and that's how it always is everywhere, right? It's the people you get, and there, you know, there are some good workers there, but I guess the bad ones taint taint the experience for you. So I ended up finding a job, um, and you're only allowed to stay there for, for uh, you know, an excellent amount of time is how they worked it back then. So you were allowed to stay there for two weeks, and then they reviewed your case, and in those two weeks, you know, you had things you should have done, and if you didn't do them or do them to their satisfaction, or, or so, they, they would, tell you know, kick, kick rocks. Uh, but if they did, you could get an extension, uh, and that was how it worked. So, you know, so the first two weeks, uh, I wasn't, you know, I decided I wasn't fucking around with DSS, so I, uh, I, I went to the library every day and looked for a job, um, you know, anywhere, really. And, uh, so I, f- I ended up, uh, in those two weeks, I, I went to the library, I had organized a job, uh... And gotten an interview, uh, <laughs> and I got hired. This was when I worked at the Italian restaurant. This was this was how that's how I started working there. I went to the library and got on Craigslist, and I just scoured Craigslist for hours, you know, and refreshed the browser. Uh, 
I don't, I, and I don't, and I can't explain to you like why I was motivated at the time to get a job. I, or you know, why I wasn't, I wouldn't just stay at the open door, and um, then go back to my park bench. I don't know, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I had tried to. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain the motivation behind it. I'm sure I was trying to like, you know, get myself back on track, get traction back under my wheels. But so I would go to the library and just scour Craigslist, for, you know, keep refreshing the browser, read a. Read a news article uh, on a website. Go back to Craigslist. You know. So anyway, through that process, I had landed an interview at an Italian restaurant out in, in my hometown there in Penfield. Uh, luckily, it was near a bus line, so I you know I took a bus out there. I I went to the interview, uh, and, and it was it you know I I got the job. So this all mind you, this all happened in the span of that two weeks. So. When I went for my review, uh, and they asked about DSS, you know, are you going to go DSS and apply for DSS so, you know, you can either get housing or you can stay here until you find a housing arrangement, you know, if you can find housing arrangements. And I said, you know, I got a job. I'm trying to save up for an apartment. And they basically told me, find a second job in, in the next two weeks or you're out. Or, you know, you know, yeah, that was basically it. (laughs) Um, Because they wanted to see, like, you know, quote-unquote progress to my goal. And it would take me too long to save up money, uh, (laughs) save up money on one job to to get an apartment, and and they they wouldn't let me stay there. And now, mind you, this Joe guy who, who who cleans had been there for like six years. They had people there for that had been there a very long term, and also different scenarios. I mean, you know, the, at that time, you know, they had people like paying them twelve dollars a night to stay, sometimes, and that wasn't, you know, I guess that I found out later that was like under the table, quote unquote, in a news story. That's what they said, but it was rampant, and everyone knew. Just give uh give them twelve bucks. You know, if you're if your fucking thing, if your extension runs out or whatever, and you can keep your bed. So you know, I thinking that I think you know whatever I'll look for a second job. So anyway, the the two weeks goes by, and I you know I'm working a little bit, and uh, I I have another I uh, I have another meeting for about the extension. So what and that what and so anyway my. The Friday before that, so it must have happened like in the, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day of the week it happened. But that Friday, I gotten paid. So what would happen is I go to work, uh, and I had an exception, an exemption, because I would not get out of work until like eight, between eight and nine. So basically, I just had to show up by ten p.m. Uh, and, and sign in. So I'd get a ride either to like the bus stop, uh, the head chef, not the head chef. Uh, he was the owner, but you know the the chef above me <laughs> lived by the bus stop that could take me to the transit center. I could walk or not? Was it the transit center? No, I don't know. The bus would take me downtown, uh, and I'd walk the you know the fifteen twenty minutes or catch a bus to the open door mission, or uh, the dishwasher. Uh, sometimes my Cuban friend uh, Anthony would uh be the dishwasher and uh he would he would drive me the uh back so you know on those nights I'd go we'd swing by the hood and uh, uh off of North Clinton to grab uh weed and then I'd go I'd go back 
Because, you know, I would smoke weed in the bathroom, you know, because by the time I'd get there, I would eat dinner, and anyway, I'll get it, but so, sometimes you know, if I had weed, I'd smoke it when I was there. So, if we, you know, with him, I'd go grab weed, because I got paid uh, in cash uh, every night, so that's another story, too, but, <laughs> so I'd have, you know, the money for weeds, but so, I would get my weeds if Anthony drove me that, that day, uh, if not, I'd go the next morning with someone from the, the mission there to go get it, so, uh, I get dropped off, I'd go in and I'd eat dinner, I'd warm up my dinner from work, in the microwave, you know, eat it, you know, chat a little bit and go upstairs, so, you know, by, you know, by the time I'd go upstairs, it, it wouldn't be some, you know, on certain nights, it wouldn't be like till, till 10, 10 a lot, of, sometimes the, the lights would be out, so it would be after, you know, 10 o'clock, because I didn't get out of work till 9 30, uh, so it must have been 11, I don't know, anyway, uh, that I had to be back by. So, you know, it was definitely not midnight, I, I remember that. So, <laughs> if I got back, uh, no, it must have been 10. I don't I don't really remember, because we closed at 9, the restaurant closed at 9, unless it was super dead, uh, and so, yeah, I, I get to, if Anthony, yeah, I'd be, I'd be at 10 o'clock. Uh, but you know they knew my situation. I explained, you know, I explained it with uh, the director what was going on and my hours, and I had my hours verified. I had to get a letter from work uh, stating what hours I worked uh, because I was I was way past you know that five thirty curfew thing. Um, so it, they would hold my bed, but you know I explained to them I got the job when I got it. But you know the problem is you know I'm not gonna I don't, I don't get out to like you know anywhere from eight thirty to nine nine thirty. So, you know, I had to have a letter typed on the restaurant's letterhead about my hours, signed by, signed by the, you know, my boss and shit, the owners, and um, I, I gave that to them. So I was allowed to come in l later, but up to, like, uh, 11 p.m., I feel like it was. Uh, they had, you know, the, the director had agreed to. So uh, this one, this Friday is, pay, you know, payday, so I get paid and I go back to the open door. I get, like, you know, a couple bags of weed. And, uh, I, I have my meeting, like, next week about, uh, about, well, you know, my future stay at, at the open door. So I go in and, uh, I don't even, I don't remember his name either. It's been so long. I still remember him. I, I used to see him on the bus a lot later on after this incident. But, so I, I walk in and, uh, like, White Kenny is there and this black guy was there. So, you know, I say, what's up? It's, you know, I'm going to go eat my dinner. To White Kenny, and uh, you know, I say what's up to James. I think his name was. He's like, oh hey. So I start to walk off, and then I hear White Kenny be like, go ask John. You know, he got paid today. So you know, I don't turn around. I'm just thinking like, well, what's going on? So uh, you know, I would have I would have pasta from work. I I bring home usually like chicken parm, and and some pasta, the pasta of the day. So it would be wrapped in. I would have it wrapped in cellophane, so it wouldn't spill in the car or anything, or on the bus. Any anything like that? So the the styrofoam container. Uh, so I I was I unwrap that and I like put it on a plate and I go to the microwave. I remember putting it in the microwave, turning around and like James Black James. So he's a tall black guy, like six something with like he had dreads, thick thick dreads too, uh, down to like his fucking you know waist, and uh, he got me in, in, in. Anyway, he managed he had managed to like catch me in a cornering situation because of like the tables in the kitchen area and stuff like that 
and was like, uh, basically, he demanded money. He's like, I know you got paid today, man. I need some money. I'm fucked up. Let me get, uh, what can you know, what can you give me? So I was like, here's 20, I'll pay, he said, I'll pay you back when I get paid next week. I was like, well, here's, you know, 20 bucks. And, um, I got to get him out of my face, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I found out later he, had, he was doing drugs again, of course, right? So fucking asshole got himself fired like that weekend, you know? And um, and uh, then then I went to the meeting where uh, where you know the the, at the you've been here two more weeks meeting, and uh, the director told me because I hadn't gotten the second job, you know, I had three days and get the fuck out, so. That's how that ended. Uh, and I thought that was a shitty thing, because how the fuck am I supposed to get, like, a second job? I just got a job. I haven't worked in, in a while, you know? It was just... But it is what it... That was the... It is what it is, and uh, I don't know. And it's funny. I had a lot of ex- weird experiences there, and it'll probably come up in, rant, you know, different stories and stuff. But so that was my, like, basic experience with, with the Open Door Mission. I found them to be, like, you know, rude and obnoxious a lot. Uh... We had to, I had to like talk to, I had to write an anonymous email to the director of the corporation because this one employee was just such a fucking tyrant. Uh, you know, he, 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 they removed him, but uh, you know, he would just, he abused the authority he thought he had, you know, and it was bullshit and no one would do anything about it. And the director didn't, you know, doesn't know about it. And, you know, I kind of maybe threatened to go to the news and, and get on. To get on the, you know, get on in the media and explain what the fuck's going on. Uh, it it got to that point. So you know, overall, it was not like it's a positive experience. Uh, you know, uh, fuck. You know, we, you know, even the nickname for it's the open sore. Uh, I've gone hungry rather than go there. You know, and it's just, I don't fucking know. People used to say on Sunday nights, oh, dinner. there's no dinner Sunday nights. And they'd be, oh, you can go, there's a sun, dinner at the open door. And I'd be like, yeah, there's no dinner. <laughs> exactly, there's no dinner. And, uh, I, you know, it's just, I loathe that place. And I don't know. Part of me feels like they're frauds, you know, because of the, their drug program and stuff and how they run their place. But I really don't feel like getting into, into that aspect of it right right now. Just want to cover my personal experience with uh, the Open Door Mission here in Rochester because it's a well-known, you know, organization, I guess. And I, and I've been other places. That, you know, I've been in the Francis Center over there. That's run by Catholic Family Center on Joseph Avenue. Um, I've been to uh, oh, shit the the uh, the United Way one, I think, or the VOA, the VOA one. You know, overnight shelter I've been to. So uh, I've stayed at St. Joe's for a night here. I think only one night, but you know. I, so I've been around places, and uh, you know, uh, that was like that was my, if not my worst, my second worst experience uh, was the Open Door Mission. Uh, that and the Francis Center are uh, pretty much even, but the Francis Center is a whole, whole different episode uh, than this one. Uh, so that's all I got for you today. (laughs) Thanks for, uh, listening. All right, everyone. So thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Wednesday, the 8th of January there, 2020. Uh, 
Again, thanks for swinging by my little corner podcast land here in the Rust Belt Blues podcast. This is Jay Croydon wishing you a happy, happy Wednesday. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I'll be back tomorrow. Do do a random topic uh, unless something comes to mind. So, uh, yeah, trying to get back on track. Uh, you know, sometimes I overthink things and, and get in a rut. And then get in a depressed mood where I don't want to do anything, let alone podcast. So I'm glad uh, my fan prompted me yesterday to do it, even though I didn't want to. It is a shitty podcast, but I'm going to leave it up because, you know, it is me. That was me yesterday. But uh, today's Wednesday. It's sunny out, and, and, and I'm feeling better today. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I got the ball rolling again yesterday. Uh, so see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday, and then you got Friday, and then the weekend. So you're almost there if you work. Uh, I don't know what else to say. So catch you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.